COVID's made the world smaller. It's allowed us to connect cross borders, cross time zones, cross language barriers. I think that's a really positive outcome of what we've had to, to endure for the last nine months. Why are Nike's Chunky Dunky sneakers selling for $6,000 on eBay? How did Mickey Mouse find his way onto a face mask? Exactly how did all that Stranger Things gear land into my shopping cart? We explore what makes you click buy on the products that stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to The Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Hello and welcome to The Licensing Mixtape. I'm BB Wardak, content editor at License Global here with McKenna Morgan, digital editor at License Global. And today we are delighted to be joined by Mitchell Berger. Mitchell is Senior Vice President of Global Commerce at Funimation. Funimation is a subsidiary of Sony Pictures Television and is a global leader in anime, offering streaming, home entertainment, theatrical distribution, and much more. Mitchell, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, and I'm just gonna jump right in. So in recent years, uh, we've witnessed anime dominate the pop culture zeitgeist in the West, where it's no longer a niche genre. How has streaming helped amplify anime's explosion across the globe? It's a great question. I think uh, when you look at what anime's done uh, over the last couple of years, streaming's been at the forefront of that. And when we look at streaming here at Funimation, it's really kind of the tip of the spear for us. Um, you know, if you go back 10 or 15 years, a lot of people, the first time they were exposed to anime was on television or buying a VHS tape or a DVD. Now, most of our fans come to it through streaming. That's the first place that they interact with it. And that's how they discover brands that they love and how they discover shows that they want to be a part of. Um, so it's it's been really critical to our growth. Um, and it's really driven the entire business. What's great about it is that being that tip of the spear, creating those fans and being there for people, it's spurring other areas in our business. As you mentioned, the open, we do home entertainment and we do theatrical releasing and television. So creating fans around a show and streaming feeds all of those other lines of business, which is great for us because at the end of the day, anime really is a lifestyle. It's it's something that people like to express themselves through and having these different touch points um, outside of streaming to allow them to express that, I think has been really critical to the growth of anime, uh, you know, not just in America, but really globally, as you said, around the world. Absolutely. So since the COVID-19 pandemic began, you know, streaming has exploded exponentially and anime is tapped as the next streaming frontier. So what do you anticipate anime streaming will look like for the remainder of the year and how will it transform in 2021? It's been a really good year. I think the great news for us is we were having a really, really strong growth year before the pandemic hit. Even though that feels like that was 20 years ago, there was actually a time pre-pandemic when we uh, were doing pretty good in the streaming business. Um, what the pandemic, I think, has done for us is it's definitely accelerated the growth of where we already were. And, and you know, it's affected a lot of industries in a lot of ways. Fortunately, in the streaming side, um, I think it's accelerated growth as people were at home and it was a an easy entertainment option as people were sheltering in place. But for us, it's really just getting further down the road of where they were. You know, we absolutely see future growth coming in the service. Our focus, when you really get down to it, at the core of it, is delivering phenomenal anime for the fans, whether that's brand new titles every season coming out of Japan whether that's classics that haven't been available for a while and everything in between, we're really about feeding that. And the streaming part is a, is a great way to do that. And it's, it's valuable. It's, it's an immediate way for fans to consume anime. One of the, the best things I think about streaming is as the content comes out of Japan and is broadcast on television there with streaming, we're able to allow people 
uh, worldwide to experience the content in almost near real time. They're able to see the show when it's on the air in Japan. They're able to be part of the conversation in the fan community during the broadcast. And it's such a critical piece of it, that community side. So having everybody be able to communicate and share their love you know, across borders in other countries with the anime as it's going, I think that's been a really great thing for anime and streaming. And I think as everyone's seen, COVID in many ways has made the world smaller. Since we're all working remotely right now and we're all doing things virtually over the screen, in some ways I think it's brought us closer together because having a conversation with a friend in Australia along with a friend in Brazil and a friend in Detroit, it's very easy. We're all in the same place. And I think you're seeing that in the anime community as well. It's it's allowed us to come together. So it, it's uh, we're very bullish on the future of anime and streaming, and we're really looking forward both to the pandemic being over, obviously, but for what 2021 and beyond is going to hold for us. It's a, it's a bright future. Absolutely. And that sense of community is so critical and so crucial in 2020. And you're absolutely right. It's it's going to amplify anime even that much further. When it comes to licensing, though, we're really seeing a boom in anime. What makes anime such a power player in the licensing industry? And how does it differ from other forms of entertainment? I think the, the first thing I would say is that some of the power in anime comes from the fact that it's, it's not a genre. Um, a lot of people, I think, sometimes think about anime as a genre of animation. It's not. It's a medium. It's a way of telling stories. And within that medium, we have a little bit of everything. We have horror. We have romance. We have action adventure. We have comedy. We have all those different things. So within that medium of anime, there's something for everyone. And I think when you look at the way that, that plays out and allows everyone an entry point, it's it's a very broad base that we can draw from. Once you get past that, I think what's really interesting as you differentiate from other forms of entertainment is anime feels fresh. I mean, there's there's a very distinct way of storytelling that comes out of Japan. There's a very distinct, I think, visual shorthand that goes along with anime. And it feels fresh. It's very fresh. It's very different from traditional Western animation. It's, and I think that appeals to people. They really like to see that. There's a, there's a lot of good versus evil that we've talked about. But in anime, there's a lot of underdog story. There's a lot of community. There's a lot of hero's journey. And that coupled with this unique way of storytelling um, is really important. When you look at why it's become so popular in the licensing area, um, I think part of it is that the characters and the the tropes within anime are very relatable and very aspirational. You know, anime is a very emotional uh, engagement with the fan base. People really invest themselves into these stories and these characters. And I think that relates to, as I mentioned before, it being a lifestyle. Um, and as people get into this space, as they become anime fans and it becomes part of their identity, they want to express that. And looking in licensing, it's a, a natural extension of that. It's a way to allow them to express their love of these characters and uh, of this medium. So it's it's just it's been a great journey to be along. And as it continues to grow, we see more and more people coming in. And I think that there's a lot of room ahead of us uh, in the licensing space to continue to explore what anime means in the Western markets. A hundred percent. I agree with you there. I feel like anime fans, especially, you know, it, it differs a lot from um, other kinds of animated properties and that you guys have huge conventions. Your fan base within the anime world is just so huge and so passionate. And I find that that is a really big factor as to what makes anime such a popular licensing trend. So you have phenomenally popular licensed properties, including Attack on Titan, My Hero Academia, Fairy Tale, Dragon Ball and more. 
Can you share some of your most notable partnerships and licensing programs around these properties? Absolutely. And let me say up front, we are so incredibly fortunate to work with amazing anime licensors uh, out of Japan and with all the partners that we work with. I mean, we it's just an embarrassment of riches of the, the great people and the great companies that we're able to work with. And we could probably do an entire podcast of just going through every single one of these amazing partnerships that we have. So I won't I won't do that for everyone. As we, no one wants to go through that checklist. But when you, when you look at kind of top line, there's some really key partners. I think Grace, Great Eastern's been a wonderful long-standing partner of ours. They're anime fans there. We get excited to work with them. And they, they really know our properties inside and out. They're great to work with. Just Funky as another one who's been a great supporter of us uh, in home and bringing fun, innovative designs that speak to fans uh, that have really resonated. If you look at the toy world, I mean, obviously Funko, they've been a big believer in anime for years. I know on a personal level, they have gotten a, an exceptional amount of my money as a collector of all things pop culture. Um, <laughs> and we're just so excited that they've leaned into anime. And I think that fans love what they bring to the table. And McFarlane also, you know, when you, when you look at them as a respected uh, figure brand, we're really excited about what we're working with them and expanding My Hero and some things that we're going to bring to fans in the future. And then lastly, I would say when you look at things like the fashion category, people like BioWorld and Primitive Skate have been huge key partners in you know, really helping us solidify anime as that lifestyle that I talk about. But for both casual and hardcore fans, there's a little something for everyone. Um, and, you know, it's what I, what I love about it is all these partners that we work with, it's not just that they're best in class for their categories, but what we find is they're anime fans. They get it. We, we feel that passion back and forth when we talk to these folks. They understand what it's like to be that massive fan of My Hero Academia or Dragon Ball or Attack on Titan. And that passion and that excitement, you feel it come through in those products that we develop with those guys. And it's what makes all these folks such amazing partners. And I think that fans feel that and it's why the products that we do develop have done well. They, there's an authenticity there that I think uh, comes through loud and clear. So it's, it's been phenomenal working with these partners. Absolutely, Mitchell. And like you said, anime is a lifestyle. It's so pervasive. And some of your partners that you mentioned, BioWorld, uh, Just Funky, we know some of them and they, they really, truly are authentic fans of anime. And that does translate across the products that they make. And it, for the niche fan who kind of knows something in an episode that might not be so mainstream, that really comes across. And so that kind of ties into uh, product development. Is that something you look for when you're choosing your partners? Um, is your product development process content driven, fan driven? Can you tell me a little bit about that process? Yeah, it's it's a really a little bit of both. You know, the first and foremost thing that we want to make sure that we do in product development is stay true to the brand vision. And, you know, I mentioned it before, and I think you picked up on it. One of the key words there is authenticity. Um, we do have a really rabid fan base that are very passionate about what we do. And to bring things to them that aren't authentic and really don't stay true to the brand it just doesn't work. And I think we we have a duty, I think, to our fan base to bring them things that are well thought out, that are authentic, that are true to that brand vision and that extend that brand in the right way. Um, you know, we work with our licensors. We want to support that brand vision from our licensors in Japan as they develop these things. The other thing I would say is, you know, we really at the end of the day want to deliver products that speak to the fans and deliver that brand experience to their favorite show, their favorite characters, their favorite moments. You know, like I said, this is a lifestyle. And so much of what people, I think, use uh, the licensed merchandise in, in particular to do is an expression. It's a way that they express 
their self-identity. It's a way that they identify. It's a way that they build a community. And we look at our job as making sure that we're delivering products to those fans that enable them to do that in an authentic way. And if we do that right, I think we can be wildly, wildly successful. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you. I find that in addition to the product development process, finding the correct retail partners is also a huge staple in figuring out how your licensing program is going to do. So you have an impressive array of retail partners, Hot Topic, Box Lunch, Walmart, Target, um, Urban Outfitters. Can you tell us about those retail partnerships and how retailers are embracing anime product today versus the past? Absolutely. And and much like the uh, partner side, I think we are incredibly fortunate to have such great retail partners in getting this product out to fans. Um, You know, we've had a lot of success with both specialty and mass. And I think that speaks to the growth of anime into pop culture over the last couple of years. When you look at folks like FYE or Hot Topic or Box Lunch, they've been partners of ours for a, a long time. And what's been great about working with them is they were early to embrace anime, they definitely helped us build the category, um, and I think they've they've got a lot of credibility in those categories. Uh, and they've been a phenomenal marketing partners. You know, the, again, we find it, everywhere I go, every time I, I meet with potential partners, whether it's retail or whether it's uh, distribution or whatever, there's always somebody there either in the room or trying to get into the room that's an anime fan. And as soon as they hear that we're coming, they they want to be involved because they're so passionate about it. And when we find those people at our partners, it's amazing what it unlocks. And we find that all the time with some of these folks like, you know, Hot Topic and Box Lunch. They love what we're doing. And I think that they've helped us develop it. What's been great is that support and that focus on it has been, I think, what's allowed us to bring new fans in and ultimately what's allowed anime to start going mainstream. So the success that we've had with our long-term partners, along with some of the successes we've had with things like home entertainment sales, which have remained steady, and some of our theatrical releases, it's opened doors at some of those big box retailers like Walmart and Target to have discussions and to bring anime in and to introduce it to a wider audience. Um, you know, we're it, it's growing. It's it's definitely part of pop culture now. You're seeing that in this kind of range of partners that we have. And we're really looking forward to continue to push those bounds to see how big anime can be. And it's it's just great to have support from this wide range of retail partners. It's great, I think, for fans, honestly, to have the validation. You know, when when you're a, a really hardcore anime fan and you are just absolutely in love with My Hero Academia. When you walk into Walmart and you see a Deku shirt on the shelf, it says something. I mean, it it is up there with a lot of other massive worldwide brands, and it validates your fandom. It gives you something to be proud of. It gives you that pride of, yeah, you know what? This thing that I love, people are seeing it. They're hearing about it. It's out there. It is real. It is authentic. It is legitimate. And I think that's a huge part of the growth that we've continued to see and why anime continues to work its way into the mainstream. It's been phenomenal. We love it. I can't even imagine being a fan today of anime and having that luxury of walking into these major retailers and seeing your favorite property represented across all types of different products. It's really an amazing thing to see. Last month, uh, news broke of Fanimation's megawatt new partnership with Viz Media. Got a lot of coverage. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about this exciting deal and what catalog of titles will become available to some of these fans? Absolutely. We we are really excited to be working closer with Viz. Um, you know, when you look at Viz has been integral, I think, in the growth of popularity of anime and manga in the U.S. in the last two decades, as have we. And to be able to partner together like this to bring content to our fans is just amazing for us. Um, I think it's a great fulfillment of our brand promise. You know, we really look at wanting to bring anime to as many people as we can and bring as much anime as we can and bring quality anime. So this this partnership is going to deepen our catalog um, on the streaming service. It's got some extraordinary iconic titles that we're bringing, uh, things like the original Naruto series, Hunter Hunter, Megalobox, um, some of the Sailor Moon films, Berserk. There's uh, so many things uh, that Viz has brought to the table that we're just incredibly excited to be able to bring to our fans through our platform um, and give them a way to engage with these uh, iconic anime brands. It's been phenomenal. And we, we've looking forward to continuing to work with Viz. They're, they've been a great partner for us. It definitely is phenomenal. I see a lot of potential for growth in that. And speaking of partnerships and growth, Funimation recently partnered with Xbox as well for two months of a Funimation Premium Plus subscription. Do you see anime and gaming converging more in the future? What other verticals do you see becoming an ideal fit for anime collaborations? We do. I think there is a massive overlap between the gaming community and the anime community. Um, you know, it, I, as as I like to tell people sometimes, you know, most most anime fans are in some way gamers. Not every single gamer is an anime fan. But when you look at that Venn diagram, there is a huge overlap between the two. And I think it, it speaks to a couple things. Uh, one is, you know, some of the source material that we get from anime, it does come from games. There are definitely some, some great anime series that have been developed from games. And it's also going the other way. I think you see a lot of um, really good friends franchises that are, are getting into the game space. When you look at some of what uh, Toei has done with Dragon Ball and the console games they've done, it's been amazing uh, as an extension of the brand and a way to interact with it. Um, so all of that together, we think, really does bring that overlap. We think it's going to continue. Um, we like uh, to have an outreach to gamers and talk to them. It's it's a wonderful community that I think is very, very similar and very complementary to the anime community. And we're going to continue to look at that. You know, We're always looking for verticals where we can uh, do anime collaborations. We never know where the next one's going to come. I think we're always open to seeing what's out there. The biggest thing for us is we're going to listen to fans and we're going to look at where fans are going. We're going to find out what's important to them. Uh, we're going to talk to them and interact with them. Um, and they're great at sending us signals about what's important. And our job, I think, as Funimation and bringing anime to them is to listen to those signals and and try to meet them where they are and make sure that wherever they want to interact with us, wherever they want to be part of the Funimation and the anime community, we're there for them. And if we can do that, I think it's a great experience for everyone. Absolutely. And I think there's no question about it. 2020 has been an explosive, expansive year for Funimation. This year, Funimation debuted on License Global's Top 150 Global Licensors Report at number 110 with a whopping 200 million in reported license retail sales, which is absolutely phenomenal. As a new leading licensor, how do you plan to keep the momentum going? And I, you have, you're doing so well. How do you plan to kind of elevate the business further in the year ahead? First of all, let me say we are absolutely thrilled to make the list. I think that it it's a, a great validation of uh, a lot of the work that the team has done here, but also the work that the fans have done in supporting these titles and really coming out. So we, we're just thrilled and and are honored to be part of the list. When you look at kind of what the, the road ahead has and how we're going to try to elevate it, you know, our first priority is to work with our partners to create merchandise and experiences that will delight the fans. 
and enable them to continue to dive into that world of their favorite anime and express their fandom. I think that is key number one to making sure that that we continue to grow. We are working hard with partners. You know, in this world that we live in now, obviously we've got to find a mix between physical and digital touch points. So we work through all that, but we've we've done a lot. We, we've had a really good year. We're working with our retail partners on things like marketing, promotions, exclusive programs, opportunities like that. And I, I would say, I think the biggest thing for us is we're looking to expand into more categories. As anime continues to grow, I think there are many opportunities out there that we haven't tapped into yet. When you look at things like toys and games, um, I think fashion collabs are a wonderful place. When you look at kind of the cultural relevance of anime and where it sits in the, the cultural zeitgeist, doing some of these really cool fashion collabs has the opportunity to really create something that's both meaningful to fans, but also speaks outside of the anime community and exposes other people to to what's going on here in the community, which is great. The last thing I'd say is, you know, we're looking to cultivate local partnerships in other key territories. Funimation has become a global company. We're looking and we're expanding our streaming service and our on-the-ground operations multiple countries across the world. And we think that what follows along with that is making sure that we have a good licensing presence as well, whether that's the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Latin America. There's a, a lot of places that we're looking at. And I think approaching anime as a global phenomenon phenomenon and understanding that anime resonates everywhere across the globe. It is not a regional phenomenon. There are people everywhere that I've traveled that are anime fans and they want to engage with the content. They want to express themselves. So us finding ways to meet them where they are in those territories is, I think, a great opportunity for us to continue to grow and hopefully continue to bring people what they want, which is really cool anime stuff. I agree. And once again, congratulations on that honor. I'm sure you guys worked really hard for that. So Speaking of the future, um, Funimation is embracing virtual events, including exhibiting at Festival of Licensing. How critical are these events for business and for our industry? I think they're incredibly critical. We believe very firmly in having a presence at events, both you know business-to-business events and also consumer events. Meeting potential partners face-to-face or virtually face-to-face, I don't think there's any substitute for it. I'm looking forward to when we can get back to meeting in person because I love to sit down with someone and have a conversation and grab a meal, grab a drink. I think that's an important part of human contact. But in the world we are now supporting those virtual events, I think is critical because we need to maintain those connection points. We need to maintain those relationships. And there's a lot still to be done. Obviously, COVID changed everyone's plans this year. Um, There's no question about that. Uh, We, on our side, from a consumer perspective, hosted our first virtual convention this year, which was great for us and we think really important because it really allowed us to connect with the community and stay connected with the community. One of the things that we noticed about the virtual con, and I think this also, to some degree, uh, you know, rolls over into the business conventions as well is doing things virtually has in some ways expanded who can be there. You know, not everybody has the ability to travel to a convention, whether it's, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or Anime Expo or Festival of Licensing, Licensing Show, whatever. Not everybody can always make it. In this world, having that virtual event has let people who might not normally be able to come in and interact experience that. And being part of that experience and seeing how that community has formed itself across the world virtually is absolutely amazing to us. And and again, I think speaks to the community. When you talk specifically about festival of licensing, I think that it's important to us to stay in contact with our current partners and to keep those relationships live and the discussions going. But it's also really important for us to meet new companies who can expand our business. And as I mentioned before, we've got you know plans to expand and we want to keep pouring gas onto the fire that is anime growth. And we need new partners to do that. 
So being able to connect with folks, to reinforce critical relationships, to form new relationships, to ideate about incredible new ideas and things that we haven't thought about before that we could bring to the market. I think all those are important. And, you know, we're we're a firm believer in COVID shouldn't stop that. We have all found a, a great new way to work around it. And I think it's just going to make us stronger for the future as we hopefully are able to get back together to get in person. But as I said before, and I think I've said this to a couple of folks here internally, COVID's made the world smaller in a lot of ways. It's allowed us to connect cross borders, cross time zones, cross language barriers in ways that we didn't always do when you had to get on a plane and fly somewhere. I think that's a really positive outcome of what we've had to, to endure for the last nine months is it's it's allowed us to create relationships and rhythms and cadences with partners that might not have been there before. And I, for one, am very hopeful that as we move into whatever the next phase of the world looks like and we hopefully get back to you know, normal course of business, that we don't lose some of those, that we, we that we keep those connections and we keep this tight knit feel within the community because, you know, at the end of the day, the world's a very small place and we're all kind of in this together. And, and I think that it's incumbent upon all of us to work together to continue to bring great merchandise and great experiences to fans. Um, and we're just, we're looking forward to what that looks like going forward. Absolutely. That's a great insight. I think that connection is perhaps the most important part of being a part of the licensing industry. And though COVID has brought a lot of challenges, it has also allowed us to all get a lot closer. And I think that's a really good note to end on. Mitchell, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. It was a great conversation and I'm sure our listeners will find your insights super valuable. Great. Thank you both for the time. I really enjoyed it and thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to the Licensing Mixtape. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes to hear more about all things licensing and have a great day.